Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 6 of The Revenge of Kang. Today begins the non-player characters section, which is a big, long section of write-ups for various different superheroes and supervillains whom we are going to meet in this adventure. Or not. Some of them appear so briefly and in such a capacity that maybe the judge will know they're there, but we won't actually interact with them at all. But it's important that they're in the book to make the world feel real. How am I supposed to immerse myself in the fiction? Unless I can be confident that if I should decide to go wade through the crowd of old Marvel Comics characters who nobody cared about, even in their prime, and if I were to pick out one in particular, and if things were to go really well and we decided to go on a date at some future time, and we sort of loosely arranged it now and decided where we're going to go, the judge would have the necessary information to know how much money they make, and therefore the kind of tier of dining that we're talking about. I'm not going to do that, but I need to know I can do that, otherwise it doesn't feel real. It just feels like we're all sitting here pretending. And the dubious use of space in this section isn't just characters who maybe don't belong here at all, but also characters who definitely need to be in the book, but who appear here in forms that are very puzzling. We have a great example of that right at the beginning of the friendly NPC section with Cyclops. This page gives a quite long stat block for Cyclops, distinct from the version of Cyclops that appears in the Advanced Judges Guide. This stat block is to represent early Cyclops, since this adventure is about going back and interacting with 1960s superheroes. The Cyclops stat block takes up about a column and a half, and mechanically, there's very little difference between rookie Cyclops and the Cyclops of 1989. Already in his youth, Cyclops shoots beams from his eyes, is the leader of the X-Men, plays the vital role of boring one among his friends, and is in love with Jean Grey. That's four character traits. He shouldn't have peaked so early. He should have kept something in the tank for later, because, you know, we get some detail work later on. But basically, that's Cyclops' whole ration of character bullet points. So, if you compare modern Cyclops to rookie Cyclops, rookie Cyclops has a psyche that is one lower. It's excellent rather than remarkable. Uh, he lacks the resist domination talent that helps characters to resist psychic powers. He has that by 1989, but not yet. Possibly this has to do with his teacher-slash-boss-slash-surrogate-father, Professor X, having a strong ethic against mind-controlling the children who live with him, but is pretty loosey-goosey about just checking in on what's happening in their brains from time to time. If I were a teenage boy who lived in a mansion with Jean Grey and had no outside friends, and my parental figure were a mind-reader, uh, I would be staying up late into the night doing anti-mind-reading exercises, among other things. Also, weirdly, Cyclops here has a range for his eye beams that is one higher than what we see in the official stats for him in 1989. I don't know why this is. I I'm not an X-Men expert. I don't think the range of his I-beams decreased at some point bet between the early X-Men and the late 80s. There is one more little mechanical tweak, but I don't mind this one. This version of Cyclops has a power stunt, which is a thing where in this system you have your superpowers, but then you can also develop power stunts, which are unusual creative ways to use your powers outside the normal function of the ability. And here Cyclops has what's called a presser beam stunt, which is where because he fires from his eyes what casual readers often assume are like laser beams or heat beams or something, uh, but are actually just like blunt force in beam form, 
he can use low intensity blunt force beam to hold objects up in the air. That seems like much more of a Silver Age thing to do with your powers than a late 80s thing, so it's fine to give that stunt to old Cyclops, even though new Cyclops doesn't use it. I only regret that this was not done with Human Torch. We're going to get stats for him later, and I would have been morbidly delighted to watch the author try to create mechanics for all the nonsense that Human Torch did with his supposedly fire-based powers in early Fantastic Four comics. Like one time they were looking for a bad guy or something, and Johnny flew up in the air and created a surveillance device made of fire. That's really laying down the gauntlet for future RPG writers. But anyway, that yeah, that's that's basically it. That's the only mechanical difference between early Cyclops and modern Cyclops. So you really could have gotten away with just using the modern stats, right? But that wouldn't have given you an opportunity to do some rewrites. For example, contrast this from the Advanced Judges Guide. Quote, Scott is an accomplished pilot of aircraft. As a member of the X-Men, he has developed leadership, martial arts A and C, and resist domination talents. With this from the Revenge of Kang, quote, Scott is an accomplished pilot. Treat his reason and agility as though they were remarkable in all matters concerning air and spacecraft. Scott also possesses the leadership talent and has been fully instructed in martial arts A and C. Mechanically the same, other than that resist domination talent, but for some reason, in a section of the character write-up with the heading Talents, the author has felt the need to explain what a talent is as though he just thought of it, and in a way that confuses matters. He says, treat Scott as having a remarkable power rank for reason and agility feats in matters relating to air and spacecraft, which is which is what the pilot skill does, effectively, because it gives a plus one column shift when you do things related to piloting. It's really as simple as that. Cyclops has an agility of excellent and a reason of excellent, so what the author has done here is used the regular rules kind of like done the extremely simple math, and then stated the conclusion instead of the rule, as though it were some kind of special feature of Scott Summers in particular, when actually like, yes, these are talents. That is what talents are. And again, explaining talents without saying talents or column shift is worse than useless, because if you actually didn't know what talents were, or you didn't pick up that this pilot thing was meant to be one, then if, for example, Cyclops needed to identify an aircraft, or noticed that an illusionary rocket ship is not really a rocket ship, I'd probably have him make an intuition roll, and he has the pilot talent, so he should probably get a plus one column shift. But this doesn't say column shift, it says treated as having a power rank of remarkable specifically for reason and agility roles, and Scott's intuition is remarkable, so he should be treated as having an incredible intuition for purposes of identifying illusionary rocket ships. So this is a peculiar place where, to use this rules text correctly, you have to know that it is useless rule text that should be ignored. It's just a partial restatement of a thing that was already true in the system, presented as a new rule. And, you know, we sometimes talked about this with Palladium games. This isn't a big thing, but the author did have to write it. I mean, he had the stat block for Cyclops, and he copied and pasted most of it, but he took the part that said Scott has the piloting talent, and then added another sentence, confusingly and partially explaining what a talent is. I don't know why he took the time. I don't know who that sentence is for. And there's another case of this that's the dumbest thing on this page. Here's a quote from the Advanced Judge's Guide, under Cyclops' powers. This is a little clause at the end of his optic blast's power. Quote, Cyclops is invulnerable to his own optic blasts and the effects of his brother, Havoc, but may still be stunned and slammed by them. Okay, simple enough. It's one sentence at the end of the optic blast's power. So the author of this book saw that and thought, no, no, this isn't going into print under my name. This needs a rewrite. So instead of just having the optic blast's power, the Cyclops on this page has an additional power. Quote, resistance to injury. 
Cyclops is immune to the effects of both his own energy blasts and those of his brother Havoc. However, Havoc's blasts will drive him back by sheer force at good intensity. The intensity is not how you would expect a stun or slam to work. That's an extremely weird way to implement that. It doesn't make any reference to Havoc's power rank in his powers, which is a really weird way to do it. And most perplexingly, not only is Havoc not in this adventure, but Havoc didn't even appear. He didn't even re-enter his brother's life until like four years after the latest we would encounter Cyclops in this adventure. So like the, the Cyclops who is being written about here doesn't know of a superhero called Havoc, and he's not in contact with his brother. But nonetheless, this stat block, which is for this book specifically, and this Cyclops specifically, we already have stats for Cyclops. This one is for specifically young rookie Cyclops for use in the module MT3, The Revenge of Kang. The author rewrote badly the specific rules about how Cyclops is resistant to his brother Havoc's blasts, even though Havoc isn't in this adventure and doesn't exist at this time. Like, if you were to rank all of the modules that could be used in the Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game in order of how likely Havoc is to appear, I think this would be dead last. I think it would be the very last one, because this module has an extremely constrained structure with a sequence of events that have to take place in short order at points in history and dimensional spaces that 201 cannot include Havoc. But nonetheless, here's some special rules about Havoc. What the fuck? Ironically, this stat block is retroactively useful. <laughs> it was totally pointless at the time it came out, but in later comics, teenage Cyclops from around this period gets like plucked out of the timeline and brought to the Marvel Comics present to have present day adventures, and he could, of course, encounter Havoc. So now, in the 21st century, I can imagine someone using this stat block. In 1989, I, I truly cannot think of an instance where this would be useful. The other original X-Men fare a little better in this book. Join me tomorrow when we get some shocking information to convince us never to laugh at Angel again, and then some further information that will cause us to rescind that decision on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband.